Welcome to the Sun Spice Wisdom Show, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yes. And for those of you who have never, ever watched this in your entire life, which is all of you, because this is the very first one, this is where I gain wisdom on other people's stories of all kinds, traumas, triumphs. My husband's leaving because he knows I don't like when he watches me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. This is the best test ever. Best test is the stress test. The stress test. I know I was sitting here and I haven't talked in a long time, you know, because I went into my little like cocoon with motherhood. And uh, I realized I was sitting and I was like, man, I really have to poop. <laughs> oh. and, I, and I think it's because, you know, how when you get stressed out, I mean, they say like, it's like your, your nervous system just like throws everything on the back burner. It's just like, I'm really scared right now. And then I have to tell myself, you're okay. You're not going to die. Nothing's mm-hmm. chasing you. Anyways. So what a, way to nervous system response. what a way to start a show. All right. Um, hi, this is so funny. I haven't seen you. By the way, you're actually very far away from me because the screen is like six feet away. So I'm like, hi, Sarah, as I talk to you. Oh, you're super close. I mean, you're tiny, but you've always been tiny compared to me. Oh, look at you. Always been my little sis. Oh, stop it. Look at that blonde hair and that red shirt coming on fiery tonight. I'm, I won't ask you. Uh, Getting less blonde as quarantine That's continues. COVID, COVID <laughs> hair, COVID hair. <laughs> that COVID highlight. Uh, did did it? Did you do it yourself? No, I actually I have a wonderful colorist. Although I haven't seen him obviously since uh, February. I got my hair done in late February. Beautiful, beautiful blonde dye job, which of course nobody saw because <laughs> we immediately in Los Angeles where I'm based went into quarantine, and so you know it's a bummer, but. I I'm very realized. tempted to just chop it all off. You just really slowed down, lost your connection for a minute. Hopefully oh, no. you come back. Oh, you're back. But it was perfect because it was back. like, okay. Um, yeah, I got my hair colored too, actually, but I got it done after COVID. It was like, oh, I finally, I, I've made a new, oh, you know, Shauna, who did my hair for my wedding. She, um, yeah, she might be, yeah, she, yeah, she's she finally about to move to the island and she was on island a couple of months ago. She, sh- 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 she did mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> it looks beautiful. Thanks. Thanks. It's so funny. You know, I feel like COVID was really good because I had to, well, it, to like get ready was like a whole process again when things started opening back up and I was like, Oh, I can like go to someplace other than the grocery store. Maybe I should, maybe I should put some blush on, you know, before I was just, but you had, you had zoom calls, didn't you? I did. So I've actually been working remote for like six and a half years. So I've gotten very used to the Donald duck approach where like you put on like your hat and your shirt and the bottom, there's just nothing happening at all. Nice. Um, nice. But the top looks super fancy at all times, just in case, like I've got my little boy shorts on right now. Up top is very business. 
Oh, nice. Um, but if yeah, that's, so I've, I've if been that's trying your business to, attire, like I wonder what your boss thinks. Oh, your boss is a woman. Never mind. Oh, but that could work too. Yep. You never know. Always. I mean, you know me. I go many ways. I know. I know you. Um, it's actually my mom's shirt. Really? Vintage. So be careful about what you say about it. Yeah, it's my mom's shirt from the 90s. So be careful about what you imply about this, oh. this beautiful red shirt. No, I mean, I have no complaints about the red shirt. Any woman that is wearing red, I just immediately am drawn to it. Like all men. I, I, it's funny. It's like, what is that? What is that? It's a color that either signifies opportunity or danger in the animal kingdom, just out in nature. It's either, you know, something like a, a very rich berry or a red breast on some alpha predator. Oh, yes. Huh. Interesting. Um, well, I always associate the, the color red to the chakra, like the root chakra. And so I'm always mm-hmm. thinking like stability, safety, and security. But it's kind of deceiving. Do you want to know something that's really funny? What? I just realized. <laughs> I, I super did not intentionally do this. I just opened your card. No. Of the stuff that you sent me at my desk. And I still have like a little packet of root right here. I have oh, and my that's, power, the, uh, that's the vintage label. <laughs> oh, is it? It is. Oh, we have so- new labels. You better oh. save that. Sorry, I can't sign it. I you will. just have to. You have to come see me. Um, I would love to. So believe it or not, I did have you on the show to, uh, to uh, well, one, just get comfortable talking to it in a, into a microphone again. And two, also, I did want to talk about your, your story with acne because I feel like it kind of moves into a much deeper conversation, which has to do with um, self-esteem, self-perception, you know, your, your own self-reflection and, and kind mm-hmm. of that, that heavier... Uh, Meaning that I know, I think particularly, I know for men, it's a thing too, but I think for women even more so, um, just because there's this perceived expectation that we have, that we maybe taught, taught ourselves or learned at a younger age from the magazines we looked at, or, you know, all that beautiful media that just does a great job, um, telling us what is and is not appealing. So... It's even been interesting to see how much the perception of having acne has changed from like when I was a little kid and, you know, what was in beauty magazines to even what's happening like in the beauty industry now. So it's, it's definitely, you know, a wide ranging topic that has affected so many generations, albeit in very, very different ways, depending on when they were born and, you know, when they're coming up and um, what beauty standards are like. Yeah. I mean, what was, so I guess, what is, what is your, what is your poor story, Sarah? What was your, I mean, when, when, when did it come in? My P-O-R-E. P-O-R-E. I was like, my sad tale of woe. I mean, you know, I'll be honest, it was very hard. So, you know, I, even though it doesn't necessarily look like it now, granted Zoom is not, especially my, you know, video that I'm using right now, it's not the most high definition, which is very nice. Um, But I had very serious acne from the time that I was really young, um, even up through my early 20s, um, you know, it's, it's pockmarked my skin. So I still have some of the vestiges of, you know, those skin issues from when I was very young. It's not just, you know, the acne itself, but it does leave lasting scars. Yeah. Um, and so my story, you know, 
Oh, sorry. I just want to, I think you cut out a little bit. Um, what, what age did you first experience that? What, what, when did it start? Oh man. Um, probably when I was in like third or fourth grade, it was very young. Um, I in all ways blossomed when I was very young. Um, and so acne was one of the ways that my body decided to, um, you know, veer into adolescence. Um, and it was really intense, you know, it wasn't just, you know, sort of small smattering of, you know, stress acne or, you know, prepubescent acne. It was, you know, sort of all over my face, my forehead, my back. It was really impossible to cover up with makeup, um, which, you know, at that time for me was considered this really terrible thing. Um, and, you know, nicknames like pizza face would come up or, you know, just like really, really terrible things. You know, I think the early 2000s, um, not to date myself, um, were a very, very rough time um, for anybody that didn't fit model beauty standards, which was a very thin, very blonde porcelain skin. Um, and I was very much not that. Um, yeah. So well, I, it's funny, I it's funny that you're that you're saying that because I'm literally staring at a at a beautiful, thin, blonde, porcelain skin woman right now. <laughs> So what, what, well, not very thin, but I would say fit. Fit. Oh yeah. Fit. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, things do change and like anything else, acne cycles throughout people's lives. I mean, I, I am sort of curious to see if I'm going to be, you know, menopausal acne. I know that, you know, many people suffer adult acne, especially not on the face. I mean, we so commonly think of it as living, you know, just in this place where we all look and sort of, um, yeah. Where you you first see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it's so many other places too. Like I would get acne in very strange places, which of course was like uncomfortable to lie down on or sit on or, Mm -hmm. you know, go swimming in. So Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the high and low of my acne story is it it was very, very intense and very few remedies except for waiting and hoping for my hormones to balance out really did anything meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, so you, did you notice any sort of a spike when like at certain times in your, in your life or related to, I know with menstrual cycles in particular, Mm -hmm. acne seems like for me. I didn't have intense acne, but I actually have more acne now in my life than I ever had, which is interesting. And I think it's, I think it's actually because I'm coming out of, you know, um, postpartum and that whole process of, of coming out and moving out of, of being in the maternity and moving into the womanhood again. And so it's like pops up on my skin, but as I was growing up, it was only the occasional thing that would always come kind of right around my period. Um, you know, that increase, I think of estrogen and it was just like, Whoa, my body would freak out. But, um, I, I was just curious if that was a play for you or if it was just this constant thing that, you know, it didn't like, I didn't know if they're pretty constant when I was a kid at least. Um, I'm trying to think if I still had it when I met you, cause I was, I think 22 or so when I met you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a very stressful period in my life to be sure as well. Um, at least, you know, that first period when we met, um, I was working a lot and didn't have a lot of money. I was, you know, a young college grad in a very stressful economic environment following the 2008 bank crash. So, um, Mm -hmm. at that point I would have expected to get some of the stress acne, but it, 
that actually didn't seem to come into play. My body found other ways to metabolize stress. For me, it seems like it's always been hormonal. Um, I come from a family that has, you know, a lot of hormones on one side. My, my mom's side of the family is very busty, very, um, early development. My dad's side of the family is very, um, sort of hormonally imbalanced. So you get a lot of hormones in poor balance and that manifests as acne quite often. Yeah. Um, do you, do you, would you attribute any, sorry, would you attribute any of your acne to like your diet habits or your lifestyle habits? Or do you think it was purely genetic or maybe a combination of both? I think a combination, I think like anything else, acne tends to be symptomatic of something else that's going on, um, within the body. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, uh, n- never having been diagnosed, but again, from hormonal issues, which then also contributed to, you know, bad habits, like eating a lot of candy, very, being very sugar motivated, which obviously does horrible things for your skin. I mean, your skin is your largest organ. So you think if you putting all these terrible yeah. things in your body, it's going to come it's out. It's going to come out in, in one way. way. <laughs> yeah. Quite literally. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think they're all sort of intertwined, but you know, I can see sort yeah. of a, a common root cause to all those eating definitely yeah. did not. Yeah. Do you, and I find this an interesting, you know, I go, I just think about my own process of like, because when, when I increase my sugar is when I start breaking out my skin always, it's mm-hmm. like the number one thing. But the funny thing is, is when I'm stressed out, that's, I'll usually get like one pimple. And then the stress mm-hmm. seems to move me into a place where I'm like, oh, well now I just want to like cope with my stress. So then I go mm-hmm. and I'll grab something sweet. And then all of a sudden the next day I'm like, pop, 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 pop. I'm like, damn it. Yep. <laughs> it's just it can like be this, a little bit of a, it's a like a vicious, cycle. yeah, it's a vicious cycle. Uh, I mean, did you, were you aware of that? Like, I guess, you know, my mom never told, like never gave me this sort of self-awareness and it's only been in recent years that I've really kind of become more in tune with my body. And in that way, you know, before I felt like I was just like running around, I had no idea. I'm just like, I have pimples. That sucks. I feel shitty about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I would assume with your case, it was way more intense than mine because mine was only once a month, you know, whereas yours seemed to have been more, more intense. So my curiosity is just how, when, I guess, did you have this sort of awareness or if you didn't, when did you move into being more aware of kind of what these external or I guess internal influences were doing, what, i.e. what you yeah, eat and your hormones? It took me decades, I think is probably the best order of magnitude of time um, to figure out how my body operated just because especially with like hormonal fluctuations, there's so much change when you're in young development. So you can sort of think that you're getting uh, your bearings on how your body works. And then you move out of pubescence and you're into a completely different cycle. Or if you're a woman, then you go on hormones and you may try several different kinds of hormones. And it, it took me a really long time to figure out exactly what the stimulus is that my body was responding to were and how to start looking for the hallmarks of, of why my body would manifest these like physical symptoms in a certain yeah. way. Um, you know, so like can you give me, huh? Mm. Oh yeah. I was just like, can you give me an example? <laughs> oh hell yeah. I can give you all the examples. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I gain weight very easily. I'm super sugar craving to the point that like, I even still sleepy when I'm stressed. Sometimes I will get breakouts and I have really tight hips. Um, and it's taken me a long time and, and, um, 
you know, just being really aware of what I put into my body and, and how I exercise and sort of flush myself out, so to speak, because that is what acne is more or less. It's your body Mm -hmm. trying to push things out through your pores. And now instead I'll do something like, you know, go for a really long bike ride and get like a nice clean sweat going on and, you know, come home and shower and I feel great. And my skin's looking better than ever, even though I have to wear a mask when I go by work, right. You know, or hike or do whatever. Um, it's just really learning how to teach your body to get into these, um, these rhythms that it knows how to reset itself and that it, it becomes quite resilient because it knows what it's responding to. Yeah. Which I know is not super scientific, but you know, intuitively that is how I think about my body now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do Oh, did you get a text message just now? I did. I think from your husband. Ooh. Oh, really? That's amazing. What did he say? Ooh, he says, ask Ash about this photo, which is beautiful. What is this photo? Why I haven't I seen it yet? I don't know what photo that he's talking about. Your eyes look incredibly blue. You're like holding, I, I can show you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's like secret marketing materials that haven't been launched yet, but it's essentially you like holding a cup of coffee and staring out, um, sitting in like a blue bralette and a white sweater. Oh yeah. We just did a photo shoot for Sun Spice and just for myself as like, you know, coming out as a, as a woman, not that I wasn't a woman before I had oh, yeah. kids, but, or when I had kids, I feel like I earned my like honorary divine feminine badge after birthing children and getting married. <laughs> Got your femme card. <sighs> yes. Um, so, I mean, do you have natural, like, what are your, like, what's your, what's your daily skin routine? Like, It has become so intense in a good way. Um, You know, it's become a self-care ritual, which is a really nice thing to have. Um, So there are a number of different like trends and things that are happening on Instagram these days, which I find sort of interesting. So like there's one called glass skin, which is a Korean trend that um, you'll wash your face several times and then you apply seven layers of toner which I found works really well for my skin. I know it sounds like super over the top and then you put a heavy moisturizer on from there, but it gives your skin. What kind of, what, wow. I mean, that's a long time of, well, it's a lot of toner in a long, long time doing that. Um, Do you, what kind of toner is this? I'm going to take notes. I actually am super simple. Um, I use witch hazel that I buy at my local opportunity. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I don't even know if it's like a specific beauty toner. It's just, you know, standard witch hazel from my pharmacy department. Um, and I pat that on into my skin and I do seven different rounds of it. I only do that like once or twice a week, but yeah. it, it does help it like all absorb in, especially because, you know, I'm in my early thirties now and I do have skin that's starting to get older. And so it's nice to like give it the time that it needs to really let everything soak in. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, which hazel just kind of maintains, like, does it help to bring out the, the stuff that's within the pores and kind of exc- like push it out or pull it out or control oil? I mean, I've, I, I mean, at one point I read something on witch hazel, but it's, I don't, I don't remember the specifics. I think I, yeah, Oh God, Ash, this is actually really funny. I want to say that I bought this because I read it on one of your blog posts. 
this sounds like super ass kissing right now. And I don't mean that, but I was using like a more traditional toner. Yeah. Um, well, the, I like think I have Sephora. witch hazel in my toner too, but I don't, and I, I know yeah. apple cider vinegar is good for like bacteria and the oils and the pores, but I didn't know if witch hazel was like a similar thing. It must be since yeah, I which, wrote about it in a blog. <laughs> <laughs> you super did. Um, which hazel seems to be a little less drying than apple cider vinegar, which I've also used in the past. Usually I water that down, but essentially now my skincare routine is to, um, I use a cleanser. I use a cleanser with squalene oil in it. Um, that's supposed to be nice and hydrating, you know, what, and exfoliates is, squal- and- what is squalene oil? Squalene oil is, let me Google that real quick. I I have a bunch of things with squalene oil, and honestly, I couldn't tell you what it is. I just it, know that it's, it's something that has worked. My super gut well for is me. that it's oil excreted from a squid. Like that's what I like. My brain immediately thought of that. I, we're gonna look this up real quick. It's probably a seed, right? Huh? Yes. What is squalene oil? Uh, what is pure squalene oil? Oh my God. It's an oil naturally found within human sebum. That sounds gross, (laughs) but it looks like they usually, um, create it. So it's something that is, you know, emulating what is naturally found in your skin, but it sounds like they're using plant sources to make, you know, a version of that. And the reason why I use it, I'm very intuitive. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Is it plant sourced or is this from humans? Oh, okay. Not okay. using anything that is extracted from a human from my own body. <laughs> Not okay. yet. Transhumanism yeah. 2047. We'll see. It'll be normal. Um, it will be. Um, I mean, even now with stem cells, like there's always I know. certain things where outward organ donors and things like that. Obviously with skincare, that's not the degree of severity I want to take. But yeah, so yeah I, I just tend to sort of go with what works. I try a lot of different things in squalene oil, rose. There have been a few things that I've noticed have mm-hmm. um, just really meshed well with my skin. So I buy things that have those components in it. So I use a, a squalene cleanser and then I exfoliate like two or three times a week with a nice little salt scrub um, wash. And then I do my toner every night and I've started using a retinol as well, which has been super important for my aging routine just because it does seem to maintain the... Um, just the balance and luster and tone of my skin as I start to get those nice little fine wrinkles. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. I know it's funny. I was always, I, I, I giggle at myself now because when I was like 21, I was telling people that like, you know, it's just all about what you eat and, you know, just use these natural um, moisturizers and cleansers and, you know, and I'm just realizing like, no, 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 that was just 21. That was, that was skin at 21. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's different. And now it's all about, I'm all, I'm like going back and I'm like, what was I, what was I talking about and praising about back then? I'm realizing that a lot of it was, some of it was true. And then other parts were like, well, that was just cause you were you hadn't had two kids and gone through extreme hormonal imbalances <laughs> and dry skin. Think, I, yeah. That's what makes 
shows like this important though, where you do go around and talk to other people about their stories, because, you know, at 21, you only know what a 21 year old knows. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of years on you and we've both had very different life experiences. I've never been a mom. So I'll probably call you and be like, Ashley, I had a kid, my skin's doing weird stuff. What do I do with it? Because you just don't know until you've lived it. Um, so you might as well talk to people who do. Yeah. Well, it's been funny because after, uh, quitting breastfeeding with William, um, he's now three. It was like, we're done here. Three years old. Um, (laughs) and so I, I quit and I was so happy. It was like, boom, freedom. (laughs) And then like my face just started breaking out and it felt like any time I would like veer off a like more strict diet immediately would show the next morning. It was just like, seriously, Mm -hmm. like that's so quick. You know, I feel like I could get away with more for some reason. I don't know what it was. The prolactin, probably that hormone that was protecting me. Um, well, it's fascinating. So from, I mean, pizza face, that's, that's tough. Oh yeah. Yeah. And was it from boys, girls, both boys and girls? Yeah, it was, it was a mixed like early 2000s teenage boy thing to say like that mostly came from boys, but the, the overall stigma and, um, you know, sort of teasing came from both sides, certainly. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I wound up going to an arts high school where there was a lot more inclusivity. You know, there were kids that were still, you know, non-traditional jocks and like, you know, reconciling with their sexuality. Um, a lot of kids that were in the LGBT community that were figuring that out. A lot of kids who are overweight. So it was just generally a more accepting place than sort of my traditional middle school. And from what it sounds like, the other high schools that I would have gone to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even still, it was rough. And I had a very... <laughs> long runway towards feeling sexually appealing in any sort of way. Like even through my mid twenties, it was well after the acne left that feeling of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. The thing that people are staring at all the time is, you know, um, marred way was really challenging to overcome. Do you finally did it though? Yeah. Do you think that there was, do you think that it was more true just that you, had acne and that therefore you didn't think you were appealing? Or do you think that because you had acne, your mindset was as if you potentially weren't as appealing, therefore you didn't attract, you know, because, or do you, I mean, I'm just curious what your opinion of, of yourself was now that in retrospect that you look, can look back. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say because again, I do think that we're in very different environments. I think that maybe if you were to ask a teenager now, um, how they feel that it seems like their beauty standards are a lot more accepting. You're seeing a lot more representation, even in mainstream media of people with like varying skin conditions or disabilities Mm -hmm. or of different body types. Um, so if you were to ask somebody now, I would be actually really curious to know, feel, you know, personally, um, less than beautiful, or is it really just that treatment for me? It was a bit of both. Um, looking back on it, I certainly shut down far more than I think the, the actual physical nature of having acne warranted. It was a lot of, so it moved moved you into this perpetual sort of these bad habits, maybe that were more emotionally driven. 
Yeah, I definitely didn't go out a lot with friends because I wasn't invited out. Um, I was also really overweight too, um, which was fairly isolating in Orange County around the time that that TV show came on the air where, oh, you know, everybody's supposed to look a certain way. And, <laughs> yeah, juicy sweatpants, like just beautiful model-esque people. And I so was not that, you know, I definitely had more of my my Midwestern roots of, you know, being a little bit, you know, sturdier, stockier. Um, so... It, yeah, it it was really challenging a long time. What did it teach you? It probably led me to a love for theater, um, more so than I would have had just independently because theater is so about becoming somebody else. Um, and I mean, there's also a great distance between you and your audience as well, where acne becomes this, um, you know, infinitesimally small problem or barrier between connecting with someone. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's also just about mask wearing in general. So there are times when my face would literally be obscured either with makeup or with masks, which was a very sort of hiding in plain sight comfort. Um, Mm. but yeah, I mean, it it really allowed me to feel there where I, I could cover up my acne or have it be less visible in some way and allowed me to start shining and sharing my personality in these other ways. And then slowly realizing, Oh wait, I am still that person when I'm off the stage, those things are still inside me. Maybe it doesn't matter so much if, you know, this acne on my face is is still present. Right. It also just really taught me to listen to my body too. Um, and to like really hone in on why am I breaking out? What am I eating? What do I actually want? And to really slow down and just take stock of everything. Cause there's so many moving pieces, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that you have to go slow to figure out exactly why am I breaking out in this way? What yeah. is this manifesting? Right. You're just like, Oh, carbohydrates totally mess you up. You know, I get like, that's yeah. been my, my experience. And from the research I did, it was, it was like, it's, it's like the hardest habit because I love my bread. Mm-hmm. I love my, you know, I mean, I just, I, I love potatoes. I love these comfort foods. Oh, they're and so good. They're just the best, you know? Um, and I feel like, you know, having, I feel like it's totally fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with carbs. They're essential, but I, I think it's just like that on top of the stress of work and the stress of you know, whatever it is that's going on in your life. And then on top of it, you throw that guy in and you're just like, oh, you know. Well, it's different people have different bodies and different, you know, triggers and things like that. So mm-hmm. I know when I stopped eating carbs, I've been able to find that like my body is really protein responsive. I've gotten mm-hmm. so much stronger in the last couple of months, just eating heavily with protein and, yeah. you know, with carbs specifically, my body both craves them, turns them into acne, and then causes these like crazy waves of blood sugar crashes and spikes that was really distracting throughout the day. Yeah. Um, Which I'm yeah. assuming you would cure through maybe caffeine or something. If you like had a drop, then you would consume. I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> or I do. Yeah, caffeine and sugar. Caffeine yeah. in the morning and then sugar afterwards, just because I wouldn't be able to sleep if I had a coffee at 2 p.m. But yeah, yeah. I'm very much the impulse. This, I mean, this is the story of so many people, including myself, right? Like for me, it's like, I'll have, I mean, mm-hmm. even though I'm not drinking coffee, I'll still, I'll still find myself having like, you know, another cup of tea or spice or whatever it is that's going to give me that kick of caffeine. And then after a long day, it's like, well, I'm not going to have that, but I'll have a glass yeah. of wine, you know? <laughs> um, yep. yeah, but oh, fine. Yeah. I mean, you just find finding that balance, I think can be really, 
really challenging as long as it's not becoming like an every single night sort of thing. I, I seem to do okay. I have to just teeter totter. Exactly. Where does it work? What's too high? Yep. What's too low? Um, what was the other thing I wanted to share with you or ask you? Apparently it's not that important or it will maybe it will come back. It'll come um, back up. It'll bubble up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been, it's kind of, it's been fun ch- chatting with you about this because I mean, obviously I knew skin, skin issues was something that you've dealt with mm-hmm. in the past. Um, but I don't think it's something that we've actually ever talked about. At that point it was far enough in the past that it, and you know, I was sort of still in that phase of moving past, um, having been a kid with acne and still yeah. trying to figure out, okay, well now that acne is not a problem, who am I? So very much not talking about it. We're trying to allude to it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's something that shapes you for a long time, not to overstate it. It sounds like this whole woe is me situation, but I really can't no, express no, like, I, I don't what think a it, shy, quiet person I was. Yeah because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about, I mean, just, I mean, so I, I had this one experience where I was extremely stressed and I, Ryan will tell you after our bus trip, we went on that summer long bus trip with the kids where we were on the road and I have a picture. I actually was just looking at it a day before yesterday. My entire face broke out in like a hive acne. I mean, just my whole face. And excuse me. And I had never had that experience where it was just, it was covered and there was no hiding it. You know, it was just like you were Mm -hmm. fully exposed. And at that point we were staying at a resort with a water park and, um, you know, it's supposed to be like, it's like fun thing. And like, you're around all these people and I just wanted to hide. And I, but I, you know, I remember I, I hadn't been eating well. I was extremely exhausted and I was so, Mm -hmm. so, so stressed and fed up with being in a bus with three other people for a month. It was just, it was literally like the last, the last two nights of our trip. And it was just, it all came to a halt. And that was the like conclusion of the trip. You will now, like you say, express it all out. (laughs) And Ryan was just like, oh God. Expression man for good or for bad. Yeah. But it was humbling. It's, it was very, it was very humbling. And I, I remember that feeling where I was like, Oh God, I, 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 uh, I really skated by my adolescence. I mean, I had my, my own bag of lots of trauma, but, um, or, you know, things that just really impact you as we all do at that age, you were just so, you know, impressionable. But, um, but at that moment I realized it was like, wow, that was not an issue at that time. And that would be really very, very, very challenging because I realized in that moment how much I, I actually do pride myself on, on, on my physique and my face, which mm-hmm. was an interesting, you know, and I, I it was good because it, it made me realize I, I needed to probably do a little bit more internal work and not care as much about that, you know? It's very, um, that's something that I've really been struggling with, even, you know, coming on this podcast and trying to figure out, well, how do I talk? about acne, like it's not, you know, something that should have all these negative implications. Cause I mean, frankly, that was my story. And I feel like so much of my childhood was shaped by being shy about these physical imperfections that I felt I had, but is that really like what I want 
to represent the experience of having acne, you know, to a, a young teenage girl that might be listening to this. No, like it's acne. And sometimes it's uncomfortable on your face. Um, and you know, it's not the best experience to go through, but do I want you to feel like any person that has acne should then be saddled with some sort of, you know, affliction of social isolation? Absolutely not. Um, well, and the funny thing is, is as a person that never had it, the people that did, it wasn't a big thing. It was like, you know, I mean, I remember there was one girl who had it really, really bad and it was, she had it really, really young and it, it would probably would have been something similar to you. And, um, and well, one, I was always thinking, I mean, I was the crazy girl that was thinking, I wonder if I could help her, um, you know, figure out how to make, fix it. You know, I was like, how could I help her fix it? <laughs> Which is like not mm. my place to say. Happy I didn't go tell her that. Um, but I had such a, <laughs> I, I had a heart for her about it. You know, I had a heart for her about it. But only like the first few times I I saw her and met her, and then it was like it. I didn't even think about it. You know, it was like yeah. You just you know. I mean, I, I think as people naturally, as soon as you like, once you know someone, it doesn't matter those like little subtle things. You know, it's like. Sarah, you're, you're super fucking sexy. I, I just, everything about you is wonderful. I love you and you're beautiful, but I could give a damn if like, if, if you showed up and you were like, you look the worst you had ever looked and you were in a, you know, like that's not what our relationship is about. And I think, I think actually you find that most people, at least the good ones that I want to spend my time with really don't care. Um, and it's, it's, it is more for ourselves in our own selfish way. <laughs> and really nice to see as bad as the internet can be and as, as toxic as social media can be to see that there are these good pockets where people are sharing, like, um, you know, just how to have a better mentality about the way that people look, how to be kinder and you know, how to stand up to bullies. Cause I think really all yeah. it takes is one bad apple, right? You get teased that one time as the person who has the acne and it's something you're, you're constantly using this coping mechanism of self-protection thereafter. Mm -hmm. Um, even Mm -hmm. for years, like I said, after the acne has actually resolved itself. Um, so it's, I mean, it's really interesting to hear from the opposite side that it's just not even a consideration when you're meeting somebody that acne is not the defining feature of their person. Mm -mm. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, how long has it been? I don't know. I think we're since what? I don't even ish or so. Yeah. Let me see when Ryan updated link. I think we're about an hour. Nice. We're at least like 45 minutes. Well, it's been really nice. Well, one, just connecting with you because you're a dear friend who I, I really, I do. I miss you. (laughs) I miss you too. I really want to come up and visit. I would love to come to Orcas and like just sit in Dobe and relax and Yeah. Yeah. Catch up with you. See how I want to visit your shop. I know. That's what I want to do. We're in the shop, the Sun Spice shop right now. Um, oh, you are? Yeah. We're in, it's just in the tea room. We've set turned it into a podcast room because no one's sitting down and enjoying a tea in my shop right now. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Ashley's tea room talks. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Ashley's tea room talks. That's fun. We were going to do sun. I mean, the show is going to be sun spice wisdom. Although Ryan was like, I don't really like it. I'm like, why? I like it. But Ashley's tea room talks are fun. It it will, it will, will become, it will become what, what it shall become. 
um, we should probably wrap up, but it was really, really nice chatting with you. And I, um, um, well, one, I'm sorry that you went through all that, but at the same time, I'm not because I know that it probably has, uh, I'm sure it served its, its purpose for you. And it, you've, you've clearly like taken some adversity and turned it into a, a wonderful thing. And the acting thing, I piece of it and how you're the, this ability to cope with it through, uh, channeling it through something that you're passionate about is, is pretty badass. Um, versus just curling up in a ball. Not that you didn't ever do that. We all, we all do that at times when we face those challenges, but, um, yeah, it's, it's an impressive thing. And, and as someone that doesn't understand it, um, yeah, I just, uh, my heart goes out to you and, and, and little, little girl, Sarah. I think little girl, Sarah is doing okay. And just, you know, to quickly cap that off too, I think, uh, maybe the most important lesson is you find the right people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of how I got through it. Right. Is I found people like you or other individuals who are the ones that are worth being around that don't care about small things like that. Not calling and it really you a pizza face. Yeah. I would never yeah. Call. Yeah. Leave those people by the roadside. I would never call you uh, a pizza face. <laughs> God. Only if I'm eating pizza. Like that's fine. If I'm shoving pizza into my face, that's yeah. Totally reasonable, but, yeah. but yeah, um, no, I, I do think it served its purpose in many, many ways. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go back and change it, but it doesn't bother me. And I love who I am now. So. Awesome. Well, with that, I love you. Thank you for coming on the show and I'll, uh, I love I'll, you too. I'll see you soon when you get your butt up here to come and see me. going to do my best. I got to okay. keep feeding the people of San Francisco but then I'll, I'll be up. Yes. Well, which, which that will be our next podcast. Yeah. Definitely. Feeding San Francisco. Sure thing. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I Mama. love you. Bye. I love you too. Good night. Good night. Good night.